Okay. If you have your Bibles or your electronic device with your Bible, let's hold it up. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look around at your neighbor and say, It's fall! It's fall! (laughs) Just seemed like, didn't it just, all of a sudden? I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I was going to brag on Brad this morning if he was here. They, um, They played Sepulpa, I think it was, the other night, and... After the game, uh, Brad and the uh, Sepulpa coaches got their teams together in midfield and got around them and talked about their faith. And uh, this is the week for Fields of Faith with the uh, FCA. And so they were able to uh, get the kids together and do that. I was just real proud of them for doing that. That's awesome. It's awesome. That is awesome. So uh, keep praying for them. How'd that game come out, by the way? Did they win it? Beat Booker T? Booker T won? Okay. Pulp have been playing pretty good this year, so that's that's great. Awesome. Broken air. Hang in there because, you know, there's the playoffs are coming. So it's, just, it's okay. But, boy, live that dream while you can. God, I know. I know. We hope they will. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. You're right. Boy, Broken Air is playing very, very good. Okay. <laughs> well, how about those OSU Cowboys, huh? Galatians. We're going to be in the book of Galatians today. We're in chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Be fooled. There's a cost if you're befooled. If you change course, there's a cost. Sam talked about the cost this morning a little bit. Let's take a look at uh, Galatians 3. Let's begin at verse 1. Follow along with me if you would in your Bibles. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified, This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then does He who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? In 1929, Rolls Bowl was played. Georgia Tech was playing the University of California when the ball popped out of the hands of a Georgia Tech running back, Roy Regals. University of California center scooped it up and cut across the field. And then finding himself hemmed in, he reversed his field. And it was at this point that Regals lost his bearings and began to run downfield in the wrong direction. 
He broke loose, dashing toward the end zone. 70,000 fans watching Regals dumbfounded as Graham McNamee, the radio announcer, shouted into the microphone as Regals crossed the 50-yard line, What's the matter with me? Am I crazy? crowd shouted Regals uh, in vain, attempting to turn him around. His teammate, Benny Lom, pursued him downfield, screaming at him from behind to turn back, turn back. Finally, Benny Lom was forced to tackle his own teammate one yard, sh- one yard short of scoring the other team's touchdown. And when the University of California team attempted to kick out of their own end zone, it was Regals who centered the ball. <laughs> The ball was blocked by Georgia Tech and rolled out of the end zone of safety. And that safety won the game for Georgia Tech by a score of 8-7. to seven. Nine years later, Wrong Way Corrigan flew his plane from the east coast of the United States, bound for California. He reached Ireland instead. In this instance, there was some question as to whether Wrongway Corrigan really made a mistake or just wanted to attempt something not accomplished before in a plane of his type. Apparently, Corrigan, hoping to set a new world record, had applied for permission to fly to Ireland in his small plane, but permission had been denied. A friend who knew Corrigan's mechanic and asked him if the trip to Ireland was a mistake or a deliberate decision. Well, the mechanic said he couldn't say for sure, but it was really difficult to find a place for the extra fuel tanks Corrigan had ordered installed in the plane. Now, there seems to be a considerable difference between the Corrigan error and that landed him in Ireland and Roy Regal's confusion on the football field, which won the game for Georgia Tech. So in our text today... When Paul wrote of his concern to the churches in Galatia, he describes them in verses 1 and 3 with the word foolish. Now, we're not supposed to call people fools, are we? You know, my mother said, don't call somebody a fool. She said, they may be, but don't call them a fool. You could be a fool. You could even claim you're not one. But then some people open their mouths and remove all doubt, don't they? Because the Galatians were seeking to be perfected by the flesh. Remember we talked about that last week. That the Judaizers had come in and they had said, Hey, look, if you really want to be a full-blown Christian, then you've got to practice these things. You've got to experience these things. You've got to do these things in addition to... Receiving Christ as your Savior. Do we do that today? (laughs) Oh, it's a hidden, under-the-counter type thing. But yeah, we do sometimes. We do sometimes. They don't dress a certain way. Well, you know, hey, raise an eyebrow or two. Cindy interviewed this week uh, at a job and. The, the uh, recruiter told her, said, uh, they dress business formal. I guess that's how you would say it. Anyway, she, she would have to wear a blazer every day. Either blazer skirt, blazer pants, and 
Uh, every day. Everybody, that's the way everyone dresses at this, in, in this particular office. So she went to the interview. She had a good interview. And uh, not one person, even the person interviewing, was dressed that way. Not one. And yes, she was told everybody dresses that way. Every day has to be. There's no dilly-dally. Wow. And then the lady went on to say, and by the way, you'll be, uh, all of our managers are um, salaried. And so we expect, well, she didn't say expect. She said um, there'll be a, a need for you to work 60 hours a week. Well, she's going to weed out people real fast by telling them that. Unless the pay is compensatory to that, right? If you're going to work 60 hours a week, then you need to make at least $400,000 a year. (laughs) Amen? Preach it, brother. Preach it. All right. But back to our Galatians people. They had taken on so many different... These Judaizers had said, "You're you're going to have to be doing so many different things here... To really prove that you're saved. The Holy Spirit's one of them. We're going to talk about the Spirit in just a minute. But the Holy Spirit's one of them. If you don't have a certain expression of the Spirit or release of the Spirit, there's something you're not really truly saved. You know, again, give me a verse. Give me somewhere. Do I need the, do I need the Holy Spirit moving through me? Boy, you better believe it. See, the problem is not that I don't have... That I don't have all the Spirit of God. I do. I have all the Spirit of God. The problem is, He doesn't have all of me. I'm controlling too much of me. The Holy Spirit is here to prompt me. The Holy Spirit is here to guide me and to teach me and to move, move and motivate me. That's what the Spirit's for. It's kind of like Dad's belt. Dad's belt was a great motivator. Yeah. Well, the Holy Spirit, not that He's going to come to whip you, but the Holy Spirit is there to prick you, right? When, you, when you're sitting and you hear the Word of God being preached, or you hear a song that's sung, and oh, just the message of that song, just it pricks you. I like pricking. Pricking. My, uh, one of my grandsons the other day got one of my syringe needles. I uh, left it laying on the table like a dummy. And he, and he, and he took the cap off and then... And then I I guess he sucked on the needle. I don't know, but he kind of pricked his lip. And uh, he goes, ouch. I said, yeah, yeah, dummy. Give me that thing. So stuck myself in the hand. Well, you know, what do you do? But in Galatians 5, 4, he reminds them for suffering many things in vain as their salvation was endangered. You know, he's telling them in in, in verses 4 through 8 to look. Of chapter 5. He said, you don't have to do extra stuff. Because there's nothing that you can do that's going to make it better. You're not going to get more salvation if you do all these list of things over here. Salvation was paid once and for all at Calvary. Amen. Blood flowed. He looked down and said, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He saved mankind. He reached back to creation, forward to eternity, and poured all and pulled all the sins that will ever be, have been, and will be ever committed on him at that moment on the cross. That's what killed him. The sin, our sin killed him. He became the sacrificial lamb for us. So Paul 
in verse 1 is wondering if they have been bewitched. Hey, did you hear that the Wiccans, the witches, are gathering up in the Boston area and they're going to pray, I guess, or cast spells, that's what they're going to do, cast spells on our new Supreme Court Judge Kavanaugh. They're going after him. And they're going to include Trump in it. Well, okay. Did you notice over the weekend the freed pastor from Turkey that was held in prison? He was freed and got home. Had a meeting with President Trump in the White House. And did you see what happened? He looked over at President Trump. He said, my wife and I want to pray for you. Can we pray for you? Oh, I love that, don't you? The man was so grateful for freedom, he reached over and he took his, his hand and put it on, on uh, President Trump's shoulder. And, and I know that President Trump is new to the faith thing. It's got to be. Because he didn't know what to do. It was fun to watch him. He, 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 was, he was reaching for the guy and then he, oh, and then he came back. But I'm grateful that at least that prayer was offered. I thought the pastor's wife's prayer was a little more powerful than his. If you haven't heard him, you need to go listen to him. Powerful prayers. You see, there was nothing required of him. He just simply wanted to pray and thank God for the freedom that he was experiencing. And that's... So Paul is just... He's, he, he just doesn't get it. So what's wrong with you people? The word Basquiano, which means to be fascinated from the Strong's Concordance or from Thayer's Concordance, charmed, led astray by charming misrepresentations. You see, these Judaizers were making these items look so enticing. Boy, you had to do it. Had to do it. I've watched mature Christians take brand new Christians and put them through a ringer. When I was a youth pastor, we went on float trips down the Illinois River. Any of you ever do that? A lot of fun. Cindy will remember this. We, we had a lady, a girl named Kelly Waters. She was a big girl. I mean, a heavy set girl. And she had her friend go with her on the trip. And so you had two in each canoe. The little friend was in the front. And Kelly was in the back. And she said, I'll steer. So the little girl in the front, her job was to paddle. The funniest thing is the boat was out of the water kind of like this. And the little girl's paddle didn't get fully down in the water. And as the as the as some parts of the river get kind of fast, she was I could hear her yelling, Stroke! Stroke! And the little girl's just a swing in those arms, and Kelly's back there with that paddle built in like a brick, you know, like a brake, you know. Stroke! Stroke! And they were going. And they rounded this corner. And when you're a youth pastor and you're, in, you know, you're in charge of all this group that's there, they round this corner and their boat goes sideways and hits a stump out of the water and splits in two. And they both, I'm just watching it. I can play, it's, it happened so many years ago, but it's still like this. I'm watching it and all of a sudden, both of them go, 
the, the boat and them go underneath the water. And I'm going, oh. All I can do is say, okay, I've got to call people and tell them their kids are dead. They're at the bottom of... And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Here's, the, here's how God says, yeah, I got you. Hang in there, young youth minister. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. And all of a sudden, I see this head go... It was the little skinny one in the front. She came up first. <laughs> and then Kelly, about 100 yards later, here comes Kelly. <laughs> Never a greater scene in my whole life than to see those two heads pop up out of that water. But I, It was crazy. It was crazy. But she was so convinced that she knew how to paddle and knew how to make that canoe thing go the way it was going to go. Stroke, stroke. Well, she was all over it. But she had no control when it took that corner and went sideways. And so it is here in Galatians. These people thought, these Judaizers thought, that if we add more stuff to it, somehow you're going to feel more saved. Why do you feel more saved just because you're, you're doing a punch list of 30 things? Was not Christ clearly portrayed to them as crucified? That's what He said. Ask the question. Had they not received the Spirit by hearing of faith rather than by the works of the law? Had not the one who supplied the Spirit done so through the hearing of faith? How do you come to faith in Christ anyway? You've got to hear it. Then once you hear it, you've got to believe it. And once you believe it, you've got to have conviction that drives it. That pricking thing. And then you take it from there. And what do you do at that point? Ah, well, I'm glad you asked. We'll get to that in just a second. Could we face similar dangers today in our culture? Might someone bewitch or befool us through false representations? Could we make choices that we regret later making because we thought it sounded right? Should we not be led by calm reasoning than fascinating claims when somebody comes along saying, boy, this and that, this and that, this and that. Listen, listen, listen. When they come along and say they know when Jesus is going to return, then they, they know more than Jesus Himself because Jesus said, I don't even know. We may indeed find ourselves bewitched and befooled, but for the Scriptures reveal there is a clear and a present danger. There's a danger clearly stated. Jesus and John warned of false prophets in Matthew 7 and 1 John 4. Paul warned of false apostles, ministers of Satan in 2 Corinthians 11, where it says he masquerades as an angel of light. He warned of being cheated through philosophy and principles of the world in Colossians chapter 2. Got to be careful. The world's telling you that you can behave this way or you can do this. And He's going to love everybody. The gospel according to Oprah. Everybody's going to get to go. And there's got to be more than one way to get to heaven. Then you take out John 14.6, throw it away because it doesn't fit. John 14.6 says, there's no way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. That's it. Not going to get there any other way. Can't buy it, can't hope it, can't wish it, can't drive it, can't serve it, can't wear a title about it. You can only get there through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's it. 
Paul warned of some departing from the faith in 1 Timothy 4. He warned of being turned aside to fables in 2 Timothy 4. Paul warned of false teachers with destructive heresies by covetousness, exploiting with deceptive words in 2 Peter 2. I said Peter, Peter warned of that, I should say, not Paul. And these warnings were clearly confirmation. The danger and the cost of changing course. And if you change course in midstream, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Now the danger, there's a present danger and the danger is clearly present. We are beleaguered by traditions of men. It's been called the the church of the aerobic church. Known better as the Catholic Church. If you go to a Catholic Church, you got your kneeling benches in front of you, each pew. You pull them down. For what reason? Drop to your knees. Da 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 da. Pull them back up. Put them back down. Da 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 da. Do it up. I mean, they just move it all the time. They believe in transubstantiation. That when you take the when you put the wafer on your tongue, it actually becomes, transforms into the blood of Christ. And when the juice is drank, it transforms from juice to the actual blood of Jesus. That's cannibalism. Stop and think about it. And there's a lot of denominationalism where they have put man-made rules and traditions and made them Scripture, and you got to follow them, or you can't be a part of what we're doing. I've always liked the Unitarian Church. <laughs> the Unitarian Church is the church of what's happening now. That's how I, I, that's how I define them. Because there's really no hard set doctrine or theology that they follow. It just kind of it's on a whim, and here we go, and whatever, and any faith, any thought process fits in there. I think you can get to God through a glass cup. Bless you. Amen. I think a paper cup is better than a glass cup. Amen. Preach it. Preach it. You might think I'm silly. Study it. Investigate it. We are allured and assaulted by philosophies of men. Humanism and secularism and postmodernism. We're allured by false teachers who appeal to greed. The health and wealth gospel. It's a really a greedy uh, uh, theology, isn't it? If you invest, if you seed faith $100, God's going to give you ten times, tenfold what you seeded. Okay, so you put $100 in the plate today. You should expect, based on their, their theology and philosophy and what they're teaching, you should expect ten times that much. How much is that? You should expect $1,000, right? Where's that coming from? I don't know, but God's going to give you that $1,000. Well, here's what I think. Let's have one of those big-time churches seed $100,000 into our church. What do you think? Now, that means they're going to get, if they do $100,000, they are going to get, what, a million? Yeah. Okay, I'll take their 100000 and they can have their million. Amen? Is that how it works? Creflo Dollar 
um, Jesse Duplantis. They need they need a jet that costs sixty five million dollars for a jet, so they can fly privately to get to where they need to go because they they've got to minister to the people. This is what Jesse Duplantis said: We've got to minister to the people, so we got to get there as fast as we can. And if we take commercial airlines, we can't always get there as quickly. Because we're surrounded by the people and it interferes with what we're trying to do. I thought you just encountered your own self. You should get on a commercial plane because there you've got a, for at least an hour, hour and a half, you've got people that won't listen to you. They may throw you off when you land somewhere. But man, oh man, oh man, we have to be careful what we're hearing and listening to. And, and this health and wealth thing is, is a dangerous deal. We're challenged by false doctrines denying God and Christ. Evolution. It just happened. But, no. God created it. You know it. I know it. It makes sense to find a creator that made it. We are assailed by changing trends. You know, it's not, we don't get married. We don't fall in love, get engaged, and get married. We just go ahead and live together, and then we get married. I'm going to ride the bike first before I buy the bike. Same-sex marriage. Oh, no, and we're bombarded with it. Bombarded with it. And we're supposed to be tolerant. While they stand there and beat on the doors of the Supreme Court because they didn't get their way. Antifa is the new brown shirts. Some of you will understand what I mean by brown shirts. Just wait. Just wait. The world has been bewitched and befooled. But what about us? There's a clear and present danger that we face today. And if we are to avoid being bewitched and befooled, then consider... From our text, Galatians 3, 1 through 5, the solution. Here's the solution. Number one, remember what has been clearly taught. Jesus and Him crucified. What is the gospel? I told you last week. Let's, let's review it. What is the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection. You got it. That's it. If you're not hearing that, if you're not hearing the preachers preach that, why go? It's the death, burial, and resurrection. It'll always be the gospel. It'll never change. Ever change. You'll need that gospel in your life. That that gospel was proclaimed by the apostles. Proclaimed in the Lord's Supper. Never forget that Jesus was crucified for our sins. The law of Moses with its works, circumcision and so forth couldn't save us. Nor can any doctrine which denies God in the need of Jesus' death... You've got to have Jesus. You've got to have the death of Jesus covering your sin or you're not going to make it. You will not make it. I don't care if you give millions and millions and millions and billions with a B of dollars to God's work. If you're not saved through Christ, it doesn't matter. What if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? I think that's what Jesus said, isn't it? I look at these football players and the millions of dollars that they make. Bryant can play just as good as any of them today in the NFL. 
And he would take one-tenth of their salary that they make today. I'll bet you he'd take it. You see, because, for instance, there's a defensive lineman named Khalil Mack. The Oakland Raiders wouldn't sign him, give him the money he wanted, so he went on and uh, went to the Chicago Bears, having a great year. He's proven himself. He is guaranteed, over five years, I think it's five or ten, he's guaranteed $90 million. Guaranteed. Now, I don't know about you, but I bet he's going to struggle with $90 million, don't you think? Like I said, Brian said he'd take 10% of that. That's only $9 million. I know Brian would struggle. You got it. You got it. You understand what I'm talking about? Never forget that Jesus was crucified for our sins. Works, circumcision, any doctrine which denies God and the need of that death, don't listen. There is no other gospel that can save us. Romans 1.16 Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Remember how, also remember how one receives the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is going to get a little dicey here. I can already tell. In verse 2 of our text, it says, you get the Holy Spirit by hearing of faith. If you read Acts 2, the process is there. Peter's preaching. He said, this same Jesus you crucified... The Bible says they were pricked in their hearts, asked the question, what are we supposed to do? And Peter says, verse 38, let's raise those hands and let's say this prayer. Nothing wrong with the prayer. The prayer is not in the Bible, by the way. The sinner's prayer is not in the Bible. But the content of the prayer is okay because it's an appeal to God for salvation. We've got to do that. But he says, repent and then be baptized. Because if you you see the formula, they've heard it, they were convicted, so the conviction drove them to believe, and the belief then through faith drove them to repent, and repent leads to baptism, and then it says, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit of regeneration. You don't have the Holy Spirit that's falling on you. Okay, that's a whole different sermon. We'll do that sometime. But suffice it to say right here, and that's what I'm trying to get to, is that you've got all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to need in your walk with God. The problem is, He doesn't have all of you. He doesn't have all of you. Never forget that our spiritual lives began in the Spirit in verse 3. We're born of the Spirit of God, John 3, 5, Titus 3, 5. We are strengthened by the Spirit in the inner man, Ephesians 3, 16. There's no other means by which we can grow as Christians except the Holy Spirit guiding and leading and prodding and poking and pricking. Remember who supplied the Spirit and worked miracles. Verse 5 of our text was God who poured out the Spirit abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, who bore witness by the signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
It's amazing to watch the Holy Spirit work, isn't it? I know some of you, when you'll leave, on some Sundays you'll leave and you say, Man, I think you were following me around all week. And I'll tell, you know, I would love to say, Yep, I've got a little uh, uh, video camera that I attached to your purse when you walked out Sunday. I've been watching you all week long. No. I don't have to do that because the Holy Spirit's going to do it. And then He can take what I say or what anybody else says and bring it into your heart where you need it right now at this moment. That's His job. That's His job. Your job is to stay open. His job is to bring it. And then our job is to respond. No other way. Miracles confirm those that sent out by the Lord in Mark 16. What miracles have been done by false teachers, false foolish professors, pompous theologians? No miracles get done by them. They try to whitewash them away. Pat Roberts shouldn't be here today. Doctors told her that I don't know how many times. And she just, I love it. She just looks at him and goes, well, when he's done with me, he'll be done with me. And if he, when he, and he ain't done with me yet, so I'm still here. That's it, isn't it? Every, every time I see my doctor and she looks at my foot, she goes, well, it's about the same. I say, no, I know. Okay. <clears throat> we'll make it. Ask her about my right foot, which is really the worst one. She won't even touch it. She said, I can't, I, 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 I can't touch that foot. I said, okay. I'll live with it. Don't we learn to live with things? By His stripes I'm healed. I don't have to worry about my feet. <clears throat> I don't get around like I used to. I can't hardly stand, but that's okay. <clears throat> he gave me a wide bottom for a reason, I guess. But I'm learning to do some exercise while I'm sitting in a chair. It's kind of fun to do. Gets me winded pretty fast, but my grandkids come and do it with me. Oh, that's a trip to watch. I said, okay, we're going to stretch. Here we go. It's fun to watch. There's no other way. No other way to know the will and the Word of God other than through the apostles who taught us about Jesus Christ. So what's all this mean to me <clears throat> and to you? Many people today have been bewitched and befooled. They have made the wrong choice. They have gone the wrong route. <clears throat> because they believed brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. And they, they were giving you something that really wasn't in the Bible, but boy, it sure looked like it. Evidenced by the many different religions that are available today. Exhibited by the rapidly changing moral standards. You see, the problem with America today is that we've abandoned the Word of God. If we come back to the Word of God, guess what? Everything changes. Oh, I'm praying for the day that God will put on in the White House a man or woman who truly, truly exemplifies the Word of God. But I don't know if we can find them in Washington, D.C. Because it's such a corrupt place. But I do know one thing. God can find them in there. So we've got to pray hard, don't we? We've got to vote. Staying at home is not the answer. You've got to vote. You've got to get out and do your job. Do your part. 
Well, it means nothing. Yeah, it will. Yeah, no, it's going to mean something because a no vote also means something. Many people are befooled and bewitched. Too many people are being misled so they don't, they don't obey the truth. And if we desire not to be bewitched and befooled, then follow Jesus who's crucified for our sins. Listen to Him and His apostles. Hear in faith. Respond to that prompting. Be baptized into Christ to rise to walk in a new life. And only then, only then can we be sure to know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Father, I ask you this morning, is there one that needs to respond to your salvation plea? Is there one that needs to respond to the prompting, the pricking that you're doing right now in their heart? God, I don't know who they are. I don't know what they have going on, but you do. So if there's one that would respond today, God, would you, would you move them to do that? Give them the courage to do that. Uh, they can do it from right there where they're seated. There's no question. But there's something, I think there's just something real spiritual about stepping in front of a group of people and saying, you know, I'm not where I need to be. So would you guys pray for me? And I know there'll be a host of folks come around to pray. Because that's the way we are here. So God, I'm just praying. If there's someone here today who needs to make a decision, would you prompt them to do it? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great hymn of faith. Trust and obey. Stand as we sing. If God is moving in your heart, would you respond to Him?